Pod. Pod. Uh, Randy, yeah, uh, Rich Paul told me this morning that, that he's informed the Pelicans uh, that Anthony Davis, they're all NBA forward, will not sign an extension in the offseason when he's eligible to. Uh, he can become a free agent in the summer of 2020, and his intention is to head into free agency. He wants to trade Dow, and Rich Paul tells me that the preferred destination is a place that allows him uh, to compete on a championship level. And we are, you know, within a couple weeks now, the February 7th trade deadline, and, you know, we'll know soon the reaction in New Orleans uh, to this trade request. Um, they had said all along in New Orleans they would not trade him during the season, uh, but teams will line up immediately beginning with the Lakers, the Celtics, the Knicks will be aggressive. There's not a team in the league that's not going to place a call. Have a check stole the pod. I'm Bobby. That's Chris. You know us. What's up, Bobby? Episode four. Hello, Chris. Good afternoon. This is How are you? Wednesday morning, the thirtieth. So not quite an emergency podcast. You know, we kind of we took our time with this one. We we, we, we did. We kind of let all the dust all the dust settle a little bit. The emotions ease. I want to know your first reaction to seeing the news on Sunday morning, Monday morning. Yeah, I believe it was Monday uh, morning. Monday, Monday morning. Yeah. My my first reaction was exactly that. It was basically like Woj. It's 7 a.m. It's a Monday. Why are you doing this to us now? Like, couldn't you just like let us get into the week a little bit before throwing this chaos onto Twitter? But thankfully, I was awake early on that Monday, so I was able to get the news as it came in. But I wake up that was my on Monday, so that was yeah. You're lucky. You're lucky. That was my my initial reaction was why, and then my second reaction was, oh no way, Anthony Davis wants to leave New Orleans, like. Who would ever want to leave that team? So it wasn't really like a shock, the actual news itself. But, I mean, it's obviously throws kind of a a wrench into a lot of people who thought the Celtics were going to mosey on in and grab him. Well, you heard in the intro sound there, he wants to move. He's Rich Paul's client, which, of course, is LeBron James' agent. So there's a lot of speculation about the Lakers. There's other suitors out there who are certainly well within their reason to want this player, who is one of the greatest players of all time. I don't think we can understate that. And with all this clamoring about the Celtics that we've been listening to for years, Chris, and we've pretty much gotten to a point where we don't even want to talk about it anymore, it's, it's pertinent to talk about it now because the Celtics are the only team in the NBA through February 8th, that trade deadline, that are completely out of the running on this. That actually right. might be other Rose Rules guy I can't think of. But everybody knows it by now because Keith Smith has told you a hundred times he cannot join the Celtics this year because of Irving's contract. And that's devastating for Boston because you know it, Danny Ainge. You know this team, Chris. They love to be in on everything. They have the assets to make deals. They're always trying to improve their team. And in this case... They're in a position where they're not flexible, where they can't make a move. And that's unusual for this team, isn't it? Yeah, it is unusual. But like you said, they like to be in on everything. And I mean, I forget who tweeted it the other day, but they've basically been setting up for this since Kevin Durant signed with Golden State. This has kind of been the direction they've been going towards since that day. And now they have to be the patient ones, sitting on the outside of the party looking in. 
But I don't really think that's a concern. I don't see New Orleans jumping to any conclusions or jumping to any deals before February 7th. I don't see the benefit for them in that regard. I just don't I don't see many benefits. I don't see why they would do that. You know, you can get to, you know, A, you get to have all of your suitors, including the Celtics, who have arguably the best set of assets there. In the offseason, you get to see where a lot of these draft picks that you're potentially going after, you get to see where they actually land and what what their value is and if you're going to get them this year, if they're protected, whatnot. So there's a lot of reasons. I don't see anything happening before the deadline, and I don't see if you're New Orleans, why you would kind of go forth and rush to it, rush into this. Well, I'm going to disagree with you there, and I actually was more sad about this news than most people because I do see this as a near-death sentence for the Celtics' chances to get Davis. Why? That doesn't make any sense. Because I think it's in the New Orleans' best interest and Davis's best interest to get this done before the trade deadline. Now, certainly Why? you're going to have better space, time, all of that in the summer if you wait. But also, you're going to have Davis sitting around on the sideline. That team's trying to get themselves in the best position now to make a pick this season. I'm looking at this as, is Davis just going to sit on the sideline all year? Because if you're in New Orleans at this point, where he has requested the trade, you're all but done with this relationship. Rich Paul, Davis want to get this moving. You're going to have an awkward situation where you pretty much can't play this guy the rest of the season. He's going to be on the outskirts of this team sitting at home. I mean, you could play him, but then you're risking an injury that ruins the whole proposition of trading him for you. But like not playing him, like all that does is give you better potential at a bad, at a good pick, like a better setup to go and tank. Like, I don't see that as an issue. It's been uh, like this conversation. Obviously it's more awkward now. And yeah, it'll, you know, test their ownership, but I don't see that. Like if you're the, if you're the Pelicans, like why, what are the, what is the downside of being patient? Having an awkward situation, like, that Having an just, awkward situation is uh, is totally fine if you're then going to face all potential suitors in the offseason. That was just part one of my argument. Part okay, two, part two is that the Lakers are hungry, man. They're going to be coming. LeBron James is in this race. They are obsessed with landing Davis by all accounts. I think they're going to put all their chips on the table. Now, this is what calms me a little bit in this respect. They're obviously going to be the most aggressive suitor for Davis at this current moment. It eases my mind that I looked at the SB Nation page, the Bird Rights for the New Orleans team this year, and they were just laughing at the package that the Lakers would be proposing in any sense. They were listing the right. rankings of the packages that they could possibly land for Davis, and it is very helpful to get their perspective on this because totally. in these situations, yeah. everyone talks about where Davis wants to go, where he wants to be, what he wants to get out of his next team well he has a year and a half left on his contract which is a pretty big amount of leverage for new orleans so i do put the summer as a possibility for them going forward i just think they're going to get some monster offers at this deadline and that's going to include almost everything the lakers have to offer i'm worried about toronto getting in on the mix with this just because of their timeline you know they are all in on this year they have young players to offer and a team like denver they're at the top of the West. They see a window right now to contend. They have a MVP caliber player rolling in Jokic and young pieces to offer and all of that. Maybe they say, hmm, this could be our year if we go all in on Davis and then we get him back next year. You know, there's, there's two sides to that year and a half. If you're a steward, you say, all right, we might not be able to keep Davis long term, but we get him for a year and a half, which if you're a contender, no shame in that. That's two playoff runs. And then if you're New Orleans... 
you know, you have a lot of leverage on Davis and the fact that teams are going to have him for a little while. So you don't need to land him in the perfect destination. I mean, they could send him for the to the Knicks for all they care. Yeah, I mean, that's not that's up to them. It's ultimately who gives the best package. I, I can see Denver as a dark horse. I don't see Toronto. I just don't see how you really make that money work. Mm. That would be a messy situation. You've got Lowry on the books for 60 plus. You've got Kawhi for 20 plus, Ibaka for 40 plus. Like there's there's a lot of heavy Norman Powell. I think it's got like 30 plus guaranteed on there. So that's a messy situation with Toronto. Uh, again, this is, you know, not from any sources i just don't see the point of of moving if you're new orleans like it to me it really really makes it makes no sense because you're also going to be looking at to like if if you're say you're the bulls are trying to make a push for him he's a chicago guy i don't see that happening (laughs) but say but say you're the bulls and you're trying to make a push for him right right now it's not appealing at all like you're not going to get that deal done and they come to new orleans and say we'll give you this draft pick you come to them right before the draft and suddenly the Bulls have won the lottery, then you're looking at a trade for Zion Williamson. You That's... know what you're getting with picks in the offseason. You don't right now. And I think that's appealing to New Orleans to wait and see what picks you're getting and also have all the picks on the table because they know the Celtics are there. So it's not like you know they're well aware of that. But I just I think it gives their they can use the Celtics as leverage right now, mm. but legitimate leverage really comes into play in the offseason, and I just see that being a huge advantage for them. Is there a chance that Boston calls New Orleans and says, hey, we will give you Jason Tatum if you wait till the summer. Just wait for us. Can that happen? Do you see that happening? It could happen. Uh, I, I think how specific they would get remains to be seen, and I, 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 I can't speak for Danny Ainge on what he'd be willing to convey to the Pelicans, but I... I do think it's fair to believe that Boston would make a very compelling case to the Pelicans. If you just wait for us, we are ready to, uh, you know, exhaust, you know, all these great uh, assets we've been gathering for years. We can give you more than anybody else. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I don't know how much you believe Ainge if he's calling making a claim like that. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, they've definitely they could definitely do that. That wouldn't really surprise me. But I think if you're the Pelicans, if you're getting some of these offers and you you got to you got to call and check out what the Celtics are considering or what's on the table there, because you're not if you're New Orleans, you're not going to make a deal without knowing what could have been coming from Boston. It's just not good management if you do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty clear that the best set of assets is in Boston. So if you are you know just jumping to a deal now and not even waiting or not even you know giving a ring to danny or listening to him to see what they're offering i i just think that makes zero sense what do you think of the lakers package now if they're throwing ingram and kuzma together in this deal as the centerpiece yeah i think think there's a case to be made there and now ingram has had his developmental struggles kuzma has had a bit of a sophomore slump I think there's a case I, to be made there that those two guys together represent a centerpiece in this deal. And that's the big hole in my argument at this point is I don't think there's a lot of centerpiece players out there like, say, a Jason Tatum that they could you know, pitch as being the returning guy that they can build around in New Orleans because that's what they're going to need. I don't think Siakam's that guy. I don't think Jamal Murray's that guy if we go off our earlier two examples. Ingram and Kuzma together get a little bit closer to that point to me. Yeah, and I mean, in the earlier deal that was floating around yesterday, they were talking about Lonzo Ball, Kuzma, Zubak in a pick, which is not an appealing deal at all. But 
I don't find, and I don't know if this is the case around the league, but I don't think that Ingram's value is as good around the league as people think it is. I think his developmental struggles, his development struggles kind of hint at that. So that doesn't really appeal to me as much as many other people. Now, it sounds kind of ridiculous, but if you throw in solid role guys like a Josh Hart, plus a couple extra picks, then for me, things get a little more interesting. But comparing, say, a Jalen Brown and a Jason Tatum to, I know this isn't what you were doing, but comparing a a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown to a set of a Kuzma and an Ingram, that's like... I, I don't think they're in the same book. I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown far outweigh that package, and I don't see a front office that would disagree with that. I think the interesting part on those two is that you have Ingram, who's 21, and Kuzma's a little older at 23, and they're still at right. that age where they can become something that they haven't been already, especially in a different situation. Now, I think there's an age limit on guys becoming something that they haven't already become, but the two things, you know, if you're 21 to 23 and you haven't been on any other team than the one we've seen you on your whole career to this point. That's a, that's a case to be made there that they could become something different. I'm not saying that the Lakers have the best package in the world, but I'm also not scoffing and laughing at it if they're going to offer those two central pieces like the Birds writes did. I think I'm a little higher on that L.A. package than those guys are down there in New Orleans. They probably know the situation of the Pelicans better than I do and what they're going to want going forward because that franchise is frankly on the line. But yeah. But, I mean, what you just said is extremely relevant for the for a package that would potentially contain guys like Jalen Brown and or Jason Tatum. I mean, they're even younger. That combined package is even younger. Jason Tatum is 20. Jalen Brown's 22. I mean, it's a, it, it works for both sides there. So let's there. shift but, yeah. this to the Celtics. Say February yeah. 8th comes and goes. We got nine days at this point, eight days when this drops. Uh, what do you put on the table if you're Boston? Because... I think a week or two ago, if we say Tatum's getting thrown into this conversation, we're all like, I don't know about that. And then all of a sudden, he's on the market, and everyone's the desperation goes up a little bit higher, and everyone's like, all right, well, maybe we'll put Tatum out there. I've seen more people throwing Tatum on the table than ever before in this past two days. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the desperation has a lot to do with that. Because even a couple months ago, if you were to tell me, you know, I've always been personally on the case that Jason Tatum should be and would have to be included in this deal but i I agree if you were to ask like a bunch of people a couple weeks ago they would be very much on the fence and now that you have this trade request out there and the lakers you know itching and 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 clawing at the new orleans front office the desperation shoots up they're saying yeah give them everyone but Kyrie. just give them everyone but Kyrie. keep la out of there so i get the desperation part but i don't think you're going to get him for anything less than a deal with Jason Tatum. If you're New Orleans, you're going to have so many suitors coming your way. Why would you take a trade from Boston that doesn't include Jason Tatum? I I think of the Kevin Garnett trade in this circumstance. Deals like this for a a transcendent player, you need a centerpiece going back that the other team believes can be a building block for years to come. And that can't be a draft pick because you don't know what a draft pick's going to be. And the yeah. you, and you, hinted, and you, you hinted at it before. There's no better potential centerpiece in this current market than Jason Tatum. Oh, absolutely. He's your Adam I mean, Jefferson in that Minnesota yeah, trade. And even better I mean, than Oh, that's Jefferson. a bad way to put it. Hopefully no one from the New Orleans front office is listening <laughs> to this right now and just heard that Al Jefferson reference because that would they're out the door. They're gone now. At the now. time, we didn't know what he was going to be. Yeah, we didn't. You're right. You're right. But man, that these, these negotiations are now over. If someone <laughs> that. But either way, yeah, you're. I mean, you're you're spot on. Like, there's there's not unless 
New Orleans, or unless uh, Denver's throwing Jokic on the table, which I don't see them doing, he's the best centerpiece out there on the market. And, and that, he, that's the tricky and part, too. What are you trying to retain in this? Because it's easy enough to say, all right, everything on the table, we just need to get Davis in here. And that line of thinking makes sense to me because he's just such a overwhelmingly impactful player on both ends of the floor that you can tend to lose a little bit of your depth and lean on him more in that circumstance. But for Boston... You have have Tatum and Brown, who you both believe are going to be pretty good players. I don't think you throw both of those guys on the table. Maybe if you have to, but you're going to want to retain something here is what I'm saying. So who are, uh, who's your, what's your, like, say your ideal package, a realistic one, your ideal who you're sending over. I'm conflicted because I want to keep one of Marcus Smart or Al Horford because I think they're just such key glue pieces on this team and I'd selfishly love to see. you see them as viable uh, viable trade pieces though? Smart in particular, yes. Horford, probably Why? not. Smart, but in my opinion, Smart just does not have value to a team, especially with the contract he has, to a team like New Orleans. He has a ton of value on really good teams. Mm. You see I, I it think with the he's Celtics. Shown that he has le- level for growth this year with the three point shooting. I think you're right. With, with, I think, and, I, and if he's allowed to be a starting point guard on a team, I think it's intri- intriguing to see what he could become because he would be playing a different role. It, it would be interesting to see. I just think from the money matching perspective and from what he's shown this year, I think a lot of the league's biting themselves for not going after Smart in this sense. I think he's going to hold a lot more luster in these negotiations. Now, he's not going to be the centerpiece in a deal by any right. means, but, I mean, but it, he's he's the second or third guy in that package to see, me. See, in my mind, in my mind, he doesn't even really pop up. One, because of the value thing right. that I just mentioned. But, yeah, I hope so, too, because I think he has extreme value, and he would have extreme value to a team with Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving as well. But, like, if, thinking about it from New Orleans' perspective, do you really want to bring in a point guard like Marcus Smart, who is owed after that 13 and the season after that 14, all guaranteed. And then you've also have you also have Drew Holiday on the book, who's owed twenty five million dollars going forward, twenty five plus million dollars up until twenty twenty two. I mean, that's a lot in your backcourt loaded up for a team that's setting up for a potential rebuild. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking salary here too because Tatum probably makes six seven million dollars. Brown's probably making five or six and that I think range. Brown's a five and six the next couple of years, yep. Yeah, so you're going to have to get up to that Davis level of max, and I think Smart's just you're a right. key part of doing that. The tricky thing with Horford, too, and I brought his name up, is he's on the player option. So he yeah. has a little bit of leverage in this sense, too, that he can he does. work his way out of any potential, because he's not trying to go to New Orleans, you know what I mean? No, no. And, and, and honestly, New Orleans probably isn't trying to take on yeah. someone like Al Horford, a 32-year-old center who would be owed what, like 30, $31 million next year? So yeah, that, it's that, kind of a That puts the Celtics situation. in a flux here because, you know, you'd love to add Davis. He would change that center position for you for years to come. But if you don't land him, where are you turning at center? You are desperately trying to retain Horford in that sense. So if you leave him in a flux here, you leave him sitting in that free agency bundle because you know he knows if he opts in he could end up in a potential trade package here maybe he opts yeah, totally. out, sits back in free agency and sees what happens here because yeah it's an interesting interest play here. for him yeah yeah he does and it's an interesting play for him you make a good point but i mean in my personal opinion and it's not a popular one and i've heard people's reactions is not a popular one but i have no problem shipping off Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for Anthony Davis with so picks. Who, who do you have for wings at that point? 
Well, then it's tough. I mean, then you got to try and maybe dip into free agency or something, because if assuming, I mean, you'd have to re-sign Terry Rozier, you'd have Marcus Smart, you have Marcus Morris coming off the book. So you got to try and go get him. And I don't know if that would be possible after this season. So that's the tricky part. Yeah, the trickier but, part is what you, you hope in that circumstance that Horford opts out and comes back on a more team-friendly deal. Because if he's opting right. in at 30, you got Hayward at 30, Horford at 30, Irving's going to be yeah. coming back, you'd assume, at you know 30-something, and then Davis is in here near 32. So that's pretty much all your salary in four players. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And it's, and it's hard. I mean, realistically, say... Because Baines, I mean, Baines, I would be shocked if he doesn't opt in after this year because he has a player option too. But say you have Horford off the books and Baines. They both opt out. This is just purely hypothetical. Yeah. Celtics realistically have seven tradable players. Mm. That's not a lot. And then you're right. Afterwards, who do you have left? Like, what's your shell left so I think at that point you're hoping on two things you, know, you, you have three four draft picks this year hopefully yeah. you can retain one to two of those and hit on them with some wings you have yeah. Semi Ojale in the fold so you hope that he can grow a little bit into a more rotational role and then you gotta hope Marcus Morris comes back on some kind of deal because they have his bird rights correct so they could bring him back on a deal over the cap they do have Morris's bird rights. That correct? Hey, that's correct. And you're forgetting to the gold mine of R.J. Hunter sitting up there in Maine. He a, a giant <laughs> reemerges. The, whole the dark Anthony horse D- in this whole Anthony Davis deal is because the Celtics can rely back on R.J. Hunter. That's known, the real pivot. We should have known when the Celtics signed R.J. Hunter that it was going to get the balls wheeling on the master plan to get Davis. That's right. That's the real reason they brought him back. That's the real reason they need another cornerstone at the wing. But I mean, from a purely like trade, you know, asset for asset standpoint, not looking at the the mess it could leave behind. I don't have an issue trading both Tatum and Brown for for Davis. Again, that's weird to say not worrying about what it leaves behind because obviously you're going to, but just in terms of value, in terms of assets going back and forth, I have no problem shipping both of them off for AD. Three strange things that we haven't talked about around the Celtics in a long time. Effort and consistency being issues this year, them not having the most flexibility when it comes to trades, and them not having the most cap flexibility in the world. Those three things are odd to talk about with this team. Yahoo is now reporting, quote, there's a growing belief of uncertainty that Irving will re-sign with Boston, close quote. He didn't play last night in the Celtics' win over the Nets and he wasn't available. They didn't have practice. Da, 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 da. So no one got a chance to ask him about this news for him. We tried around. to talk to him. We tried to talk to him pregame, and he wasn't in the locker room, so he wasn't available. We all waited around for about 15 minutes or so, and, and no luck. So we'll try again tomorrow night. Yeah, so we'll have some updates to, uh, tomorrow night. CLNS Media, Celtics blog, Chris Grenham, they'll have it for you when he talks. But we have not heard him say a word yet about the rumors flowing around that he might take a look west. And what was the actual official report? Because Bleacher Report's been throwing this stuff out for about a day now. You know, you had the video of LeBron. I don't even know what he was doing because I didn't care to listen to it because I don't like this crap. But I'll stay off the bat. I'll give my thoughts. I don't rule out Irving going back on his word and making a move if it's in, in his best interest this summer. Because if he doesn't have the best situation possible in Boston, I mean, how can you blame him for not wanting to stick around here for four to five years? He'll take a ton of crap. He'll be booed. He'll be public enemy number one in Boston. But, you know, Kevin Durant did the same thing, and he got over it eventually after some burner account things. So, you know, people think it's impossible for him to go back on his word. I've seen crazier things happen in this league. 
It's it's not. I have two, but I don't I don't think, you know, I, in my personal opinion, I think he'll resign. I don't think he's going anywhere. But again, you've seen crazier things. I watched a video today on I think I think the uh, I don't know what show on ESPN played it, but I had TV on in the background when I was doing some writing. And it was a clip of Kyrie Irving back in Cleveland. I'm sure you've seen it before. Telling a little kid, the little kid asks him, you know, are you going to leave us like LeBron did? He's, no, how could I leave you guys? (laughs) A couple years later, bang, he's out. So anything can really happen. That's a very, very true statement. But the report from Yahoo, I'm with you. I kind of like to stay out of all this stuff. But I've got the report up in front of me. It's basically says this, there is a growing belief of uncertainty, is the quote, surrounding whether all-star guard Kyrie Irving will re-sign with the Boston Celtics this upcoming season, according to Yahoo Sports. 26-year-old had previously stated publicly that he intended to re-sign with the Celtics, as we all know. He said during the Celtics fan fest, you know, if you you guys will have me back, I plan to re-sign here. But Yahoo is reporting otherwise. So who knows? I mean, Boston is, is not really considered a, a a top target without Kyrie, right? That would yeah. really throw a wrench I mean, in this you're stuff. hitting the reset button at that point. I, and I've, well, this is for another show, but I don't even sign Roger back at that point. I mean, what are you playing for at that point if you lose Irving? You're pretty much back to the drawing board. You use those picks. Da, 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 da. It's not something you want to think about, but I'm just saying at this point, my initial reaction to that news is you know, keep an open mind to this stuff. So nothing's ever as you expect. And if things change, if the situation isn't ideal, he'll make that move. You know, I don't think he's yeah. locked in in any way 100% to Boston, even though he made that claim early in the year. I don't think he is, but I still think he's leading in that direction. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't really see him going anywhere else. I mean, you've got the commercial with his dad talking about the jersey going into the rafters. I, I don't There's know. Lot, I just... Yeah. There's a lot there. I don't see it. But, of course, anything is possible. The NBA is a league that preaches that anything is possible, for, right from KG's mouth to to the Twitter wars with the NBA. So there's there's really anything that could happen. And, and I'll amend my take, too. You know, he, he'll leave if the situation isn't good in Boston. But I trust Boston to have a good situation in place next year for him to play in because I don't think they're going to be complacent this summer. You know, they didn't make yeah, a move that, that last doesn't, summer. And I, I think agree. they learned a valuable I, lesson from that. Yeah, I agree. That doesn't really concern me at all. So any final thoughts on uh, on AD, on the Celtics? Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Nope. I, I got what I need to get off. Hornets tomorrow night. That's a 7 yep. o'clock game, 7.30. 7.30 start, 7.30 tip the, at the TD. Kyrie is, is, uh, Kyrie is doubtful. Kyrie oh is God. doubtful. So uh, he most likely will not play. We'll see if we can talk to him pregame. Otherwise, it'll be... Kemba versus Terry in the backcourt, and then hopefully playoff Al will return once again. And I'll be on post game that night, Chris. You'll see him on the Garden Report. Everything else, uh, Celtics blog is where you want to follow for the recap and all of that. And right. we have news. We're on Google. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. All of that. So we'll have the link. Subscribe. The subscribe. The subscribe. Yeah, you can subscribe to all of those. We'll tweet them out on the Celtics blog. We'll tweet it everywhere so you don't miss it. I'm Bobby Manning. That's Chris Grenham, and we will talk to you next week.